lives of families and, and generations, which is really exciting. And I can't wait to see the impact of those new initiatives. Well, good morning, church. It's a privilege to be sharing with you this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt, and I serve here on the Elam Pukekohe team with our lead pastors, Daryl and Denise, who are currently enjoying a holiday in the USA. And I'd like to welcome our guests and visitors this morning. Thank you for sharing your Matariki weekend with us. And I'd like to sit back, relax, and enjoy the service. And if you've got a Connect card, maybe fill that out. We'd, we'd love to get to know you. And finally, welcome to our South African whānau this morning. Uh, enough said about last night. Before I begin, I do have a quick building update. I know Daryl would be would be uh, like to keep you guys as informed as possible of what's happening with our building. And uh, so we've got a couple of photos. The, the builders have arrived and the repairs have begun. Thank you, Jesus. And as you absolutely celebrate that, as you can see in the photos behind me, the, the damaged sections of the wall lining has been taken away so the place can be dried out and repaired and cleaned. Uh, this view is from Power Zone. Um, we're looking through the, the children's alley and then another photo outside the auditorium where the same thing is happening and we're getting the stage relined as well, which is fantastic. So we are hopeful to be back later this year in Jesus' name and we'll keep you informed as this, as this happens. Now, before I begin this morning, I, I, I do have a deep and meaningful question for us all to contemplate. Who here actually enjoys shopping? Well, we've got quite a few hands, and I expect to see my wife stand up here. I mean, you really love shopping, yeah? That is, that is your vibe. You get out there, and that is how you top yourself up by shopping. This is my wife I'm talking about right now. Um, and by the way, for those who had your hands up, we can play for, pray for deliverance after the service. Deliverance, not delivery. And so my wife, Anne, loves shopping, browsing through the stores, window shopping, online shopping. I've actually become an expert baggage handler. I'm pretty sure I can get a job at the airport. Now, for out of you shopaholics, you had your hands up before. How many of you actually enjoy grocery shopping? Oh, if I hear a few, a few less hands, you know, you enjoy the trips to the supermarket. See, for us, and for Anne in particular, going to the supermarket has kind of lost its joy. We play this game when we go to the supermarket now. It goes something like this. Ah, what do you think has gone up in price this week? <laughs> I don't know. Everything? It's pretty much. Now, here at Elam, we like to say things on Sunday that help you on Monday. So this morning, I thought I might help with the grocery bill and talk a little bit about gardening. See, my family are generations of gardeners. My, they live rurally and need to be a bit self-sufficient. And my um, family, when I was young, we'd go visit my grandparents and my great-grandparents, and the, the visit always included a tour of the garden. These weren't ornamental or flower gardens. They were, they were practical vegetable gardens with fruit trees, the gardens that were the size of the average Auckland section. These garden tours would have a discussion of things like weather, Soil conditions, plant variety, plant health. And then they would compare techniques and admire the results. And there was always a fair bit of competition when they would actually taste the, the product. And so now Anne and I are experimenting with our own gardens with some interesting results. Now this brings me to a story in my favorite book of the Bible. Anyone want to have guess? It's Matthew chapter 13. In verse 3, we have the story here, where Jesus says, Consider this, there was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. Now, that's not too hard for us to consider, is it? We live in Pukekau, we are surrounded by fields and farmers growing vegetables. So we understand the concept of, of seeds being planted. And as the farmer cast his seeds, some fell among the beaten path, 
and the birds came and ate them. Others fell onto gravel that had no topsoil. They quickly shot up, but when the days grew hot, they were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Others fell among the thorns, so when they sprouted, the thorns choked them. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, some even 100 times as much as he planted. If you're able to understand this, then you need to respond. And Jesus then explains this, the lesson of the story in verse 19. It says, What was sown along the path represents the one who listens to the message of the kingdom, but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. The one sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away, for the truth didn't seek deeply into his heart. The one sown among thorns represents the one who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions, a divided heart, ambition for wealth, result in suffocating the kingdom message, and it becomes fruitless. But what was sown on good, rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was sown. And what I found interesting about this story is that Jesus speaks to the unseen rather than what was seen. The, the, the harvest is important, but what, the, what he really spoke to is what brought about harvest. And this is really counterculture to what we would call a really image-conscious world, the selfie-driven world. Now, what's, what's um, seen is what happens to the plants. Some look good, and others look good for a while, but then not so much. The unseen was the soil condition, which represents the heart conditions in all of us. We often think of our heart condition as, as uh, our emotions, but in the Bible, it's more than just emotions. Our heart is also our mind, our thoughts, our will, our desires. It is the innermost being, the control center of our life. And Proverbs 4 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The condition of our heart, what is in our heart, determines how we act and speak. And that's the part that people see. Now, people will do anything to, and anything and everything to change the outside, to change how they look in order to feel good on the inside. It may work for a while, but after a time, our character will always come through. See, a confession for me is I've really guilty of that in the past. Previously, my life image was all about my work, my income, my self-importance, but it was my flawed character that brought about downfall. And then I thought, well, I'll just try harder. I'll chase after going to the gym, make myself fit. I will go after self-empowerment and self-improvement, self-acceptance. But it was simply pride. That's all that was, and it still brought about its own downfall. And it wasn't until I focused on changing the condition of my heart that I was able to start a journey of lasting life change. 
So I have a couple of thoughts on our heart conditions from the reading. And the first is, for each seed in Jesus' story, they had to be planted. See, if I had a packet of seeds, they're not going to grow by themselves. They're surrounded by seeds, but nothing happens. They don't grow by themselves or with themselves. So for us, that means being part of an active church community, being part of a small group. You know, all black supporters and Springbok supporters together. <laughs> Unity with diversity, but not sameness. It's being around people who are able to help us grow. That generally means that they're going to be different to us. If I surround myself with people who think like me, act like me, then I'm not going to grow much. I'm not going to change. However, growth has come from being planted around people who encourage me, challenge me, teach me, and inspire me. So for that kind of change, it's taken a level of investment because growth is not always comfortable. And so when someone's not invested, the response will be to avoid the pain, the growth pains. It's not, it's not bad pain, but it's, it's, it's the, the, the discomfort of change. And the discomfort of internal change as opposed to external change. So they, we won't stay in, if we're not invested, we won't stay in that moment. We'll avoid, we'll move, we'll try to change the environmental things around us. But the heart condition doesn't change. This is the shallow heart. So in our garden at home, Anne and I decided to transplant some spinach. So here's a picture of our garden. Yeah, there it is, looking really healthy, some, some plants at the moment. Um, I wish my garden was that big. That, that screen is enormous. Um, anyhow, uh, we, we have our spinach section down on the, hang on, uh, my left, your right. Next photo. So our spinach plants. And you see the ones at the front are really small, especially in the middle, they're tiny. And these small plants have actually been in the garden for much, much longer than the spinach plants directly behind them. And what happened is they were dug up from elsewhere in the garden, then transplanted at the same time as the bigger plants were planted. The root system of those small plants has been disturbed, and it's taken a long time for them to recover. And what's also interesting about those relocated plants is that they have actually responded a little bit differently from each other. The ones in the middle haven't really grown at all. The ones on the outside have started to grow, but the, the, they're all in the same soil. It's really healthy soil. But the problems that those middle plants had at the previous location have been transplanted over with them into the new location, and they still haven't grown. We weren't happy with where they were located. It didn't look right. They didn't match the surrounding plants. The taller plant had grown beside them. Whatever the reason, the depth of the roots and the plant's resilience has been reduced because they did not stay planted. And as a result, their growth is stunted. And it's the same for you and me. In the search for fulfillment, we can change our image, our identity, our name. Maybe get a new job, change relationships, or even change church. And these are all external changes. Our heart condition and our problems will travel with us. So to be healthy and grow, we all need to be planted in church and a small group. Now, if you haven't done growth track yet, or if you're not part of a small group, you can sign up today just with a connect card. And we believe there's a place for everybody. We want, we want to help you find your place and find your purpose.
and make a start. Your journey may not always be comfortable, but I promise you will grow. Now, my second observation is that the plants need nutrients. They need to be fed. And this is where we find the keys to guarding our heart. See, in Jesus' story, the seed that fell among the thorns was strangled by all of life's busy distractions, a divided heart, and an ambition for wealth. Distraction and division in our heart. So the primary feed to our heart is through our eyes and our ears. Funnily enough, the primary distractions for our heart comes through our eyes and our ears. So what are we feeding ourselves on? See, news, information, entertainment, so-called social interaction online are all but a click away. In fact, if I can't decide something for myself, Google or, hey, Siri, will tell me. If, I, if I'm looking for an opinion, I can just go look at my social feed. It's full of it. There's a huge amount of information and entertainment available to us, and it can be a very useful tool. But like fire, it can be a terrible master. Of everything available to us, very little is actually useful for health and growth. It doesn't promote positive positivity or spiritual growth. And whilst our access to information has never been greater, much of that information is either irrelevant, insubstantial, or superficial. And Kaylin gave a great message last week. And by the way, if you missed that, uh, we are now recording our messages again, and they are available on our podcast or on our website. And he mentioned how people refer to their opinion as my truth and consider someone with different ideas as being against them. See, truth has become relative based on what they are feeding themselves on. Our counter to this danger is very simple. It's regularly feeding ourselves on the truth of God and Scripture. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young person keep their way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The change by itself is not a bad thing. Entertainment by itself is not a bad thing. But what is our heart motivation? That's what the, where the measure is. A discipline of time in the scripture and prayer is essential for guarding our heart. Scripture is unchanging truth. It is the primary way that God speaks to us, and anything he says will never contradict Scripture. And personal knowledge of Scripture helps us to discern what is truth, what is good and uplifting. A discipline in Scripture and in prayer also is our best defense against a divided heart. See, the divided heart is one that doesn't make God most important in all things. It can't because it's too busy caught up in a lifestyle of, oh, I'm so busy. And that's okay. We all experience seasons, busy seasons of life. 
In the natural, seasons have dates. Right now, we're in winter, in the months of June, July, August. September is spring, a new season. If a season of business in our life doesn't have an end date, then maybe it's a lifestyle of business. The question is, does that lifestyle of business make God less than number one in our life or in parts of our heart? Exodus 4, sorry, Exodus 34, number 20, verse 21. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during plowing season and harvest, you must rest. So I've heard that verse lots of times. I've heard the first half of that verse lots of times. Six days shall you labor, and one day shall you rest. But I haven't really picked up on the second half until I was preparing this message, where it says even in, um, that even in the busy periods of, of planting and harvest, we still need rest. Even when we're busy, we may, must take time to rest our heart. In Hebrews 10, 24, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That talks of being planted and fed. And taking the time to rest allows us to put our roots down and to be fed. And a heart that is planted... It's fed, is a heart that becomes available. An available heart is one that's on a journey to becoming more and more like Jesus. A heart that is available is also a heart that becomes satisfied and at peace. In Philippians 4, there's lots of scriptures today. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving... Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. So as our relationship with God grows, our focus changes from a self-centered life to a God-centered life. Our internal change starts to then impact our external life, the seen parts. And this is an ongoing process. That, that reading in Philippians, Paul, when he wrote that, he was giving advice to the Philippian church of how do you stay planted? How do you look after your guard? Your, how do you guard your hearts? And how do you do that continually? And through guarding our minds and our thoughts, we are guarding our heart. See, an available heart can become divided and distracted easily. And if we don't continually ensure that we are keeping our soul and spirit healthy, then we start to endanger our heart. A heart that is available is a heart that shares the love and grace of God with others. The whole purpose of heart transformation is to be able to produce a good harvest, the 30, 60, 100-fold. And that is a life of purpose, to impact the world around us for Christ. Now, last week, we just finished the Blessed series on the be attitudes, be selfless, be kind, be humble, 
be merciful. The next thing Jesus said after that part of his, his, the, the message was, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He gave the why. And the point of Jesus to his followers and to us is to work on our heart condition so that we can impact the world by reflecting his character. Now, these messages can sometimes be a challenge. Um, it can be, sometimes the, the solution may sound simplistic or one that we've already tried. But this is not a matter of trying harder. It's a matter of surrender. Am I controlling my life? Or are my life choices surrendered to the will of God? Are our big choices open to God to direct? Do we invite him to open and close doors of opportunity? Are we resting in the goodness of where he's placed us today? Or here's the big one. Are we grateful? There's one last thought I want to share as the the band joins me, please. There are some other things in our heart that we may not even be aware of, but they affect our heart condition. And they can have a significant influence on parts of our life that we struggle with. Behavioral patterns that we, no matter how hard we try, they don't change. Habits that we struggle with. Our heart can be impacted from from times that we've been hurt, times that we've been offended, times that we may have experienced trauma or suffering. times we might have promised ourselves I will never let that happen to me again or I will never do that again I will never try again and these vows can unknowingly close off a part of our heart and there's an old expression life will keep giving us the same lesson until we learn it how often do we find that the same problems coming back? Maybe a different place, a different person, but still the same pattern. And just like those plants in the garden that were, were, trans, uh, that were, plant, were shifted, they haven't grown even after the, the relocation. And if that is you, they're a part of your heart. You, uh, that you're struggling with, then can I encourage you to invest and plant yourself a little bit deeper by reaching out and asking someone to be a part of that journey f- with you. See, we have an amazing prayer ministry team who would love to stand with you after the service and pray with you. We have small groups who will journey with you. And we also have the Elam Counseling Hub available to you to help find healing. It's confidential. It's free. And you can contact them directly by emailing the email address behind me, counseling at elamchristiancenter.org.nz. No one here needs to know. There's more information available on our website if you want to know more. Church, let's be a people that stops at nothing to help ourselves and each other to grow together and be a people who impact our community for Christ through the way we live 
because our hearts are planted, fed, and available. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for your amazing grace. We don't deserve it, but oh, how we need it. Lord, please give us the strength and courage to open our hearts to you more. We invite your Holy Spirit to show us areas of our life that are not surrendered to you. Help us, Lord, to grow into a community that encourages each other to be more like you. And empower us by your Holy Spirit to live a life that demonstrates your love for every person. So that we may be your light on a hill. We may be the salt that brings flavor to those around us. In Jesus' name. And as we stay in this moment of prayer, there may be some of you that don't have an assurance of salvation. You don't know Jesus. Or maybe you're far from him. The truth is that God made you and he loves you. He has a great plan for your life and he desires relationship with you. Now we all sin and we mess up and that sin separates us from God. Jesus gave his life to take what you and I were due for sin. He extends to every one of us today his grace, forgiveness for your past, a new life right now, a hope for your future and eternity with him in heaven. If that is you today, if you don't know him, or if you're far from him, then I invite you to join me in this prayer. And say these words in your heart after me. God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, but I believe, Jesus, you died for me. I turn from my old life and turn to you. Come in and be the Lord of my life and make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, welcome to the family. We are so proud of you. And while every eye is still closed, can I just invite you to take one more step of faith? I'm going to count to three. And if you're here today and you prayed that prayer in your heart and you meant it, what I want you to do is when I get to three, I want you to lift your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you and call you out. I just want to know who I'm praying for. I just acknowledge your hand and you can put it back down. So on three. One, two, three. 